No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where Jehoshaphat and Ahab battle the Syrians. Jehoshaphat nearly dies in the process and is rebuked for helping the wicked. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. Jesus Christ is the only perfect person who ever lived on this earth. The rest of us are some mixture of good and bad. What differentiates us is how we respond to the truth. When we are wrong, do we humble ourselves and admit it? Or do we stubbornly resist the truth, resist the Holy Spirit, and go our own way? Those who humbly respond to the truth are teachable, and God uses them. Those who harden their hearts, stiffen their necks, and rebel against the commandments of God, He cannot use. And in fact, they are on dangerous ground. But thankfully, though we are imperfect, fallen creatures, God is patient, merciful, and forgiving with us. We have such an example of God's mercy in our story today. King Jehoshaphat of Judah had allowed his son to marry King Ahab's daughter, and so he was allied to King Ahab through marriage. King Ahab persuaded Jehoshaphat to go into battle with him against the Syrians. And even though a prophet of God had warned them against this venture, Jehoshaphat and King Ahab decided to go into battle anyway. We pick it up in 2 Chronicles 18.28. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went into battle. Now Ahab was one crafty dude. He knows that the prophet Micaiah had said that he would be killed in battle. So he disguises himself as a common soldier while making sure that Jehoshaphat is dressed in the kingly robes. Guess who draws fire from the Syrians? This wasn't even Jehoshaphat's battle, yet he becomes the main target. This is yet another reason why it is ill-advised to team up with unbelievers. When the arrows fly, they will duck and let you get stuck. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots who were with him, saying, Fight with no one small or great, but only with the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore they surrounded him to attack. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. God diverted them from him. For so it was when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel that they turned back from pursuing him. Little did Jehoshaphat know that the king of Syria had commanded his soldiers not to attack anyone except the king of Israel. As Jehoshaphat is dressed as the king, the entire Syrian army chases after him. Meanwhile, Ahab stands by watching it all go down and doing nothing to stop it. The captains of the chariots surround Jehoshaphat 
to kill him. But Jehoshaphat cries out, presumably to the Lord, and the Lord answers him by diverting the Syrians away from him. Now, I'd like to point out God's mercy in this. Jehoshaphat never should have been in this battle, yet God was still watching over him, ready to deliver him as soon as Jehoshaphat cried out. Likewise, many times we find ourselves where we shouldn't be. In fact, we have no business going to certain places or hanging around certain people. But God allows us to exercise our free will. However, when we're in trouble, what do we do? We should cry out to the Lord for help. He doesn't abandon us. We're still his children. He brings deliverance because he is merciful and gracious. However, we might get bruised up or even beat up a bit in the process. This was a hard lesson for Jehoshaphat, but it was a good lesson that he never forgot. He went to battle as an ally of the wicked Ahab, which is something he never should have done, and he almost lost his life. Now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day, and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot facing the Syrians until evening, and about the time of sunset he died. In the heat of the battle, a Syrian soldier draws his bow and shoots an arrow at random and strikes Ahab between the joints of his armor. Now, was it really at random? Of course not. There are no coincidences here. Ahab was doomed because God said he would die for his wickedness. The prophet Micaiah had shared his vision of the people of Israel being as sheep without a shepherd, indicating Ahab's fate. Ahab tells his driver to remove him from the battle and at a safe distance, they prop him up so he can watch the Syrians. As the sun goes down, Ahab dies. Later, they would wash the blood from his chariot at a certain pool, and the dogs would lick up his blood, fulfilling the chilling prophecy of Elijah. Chapter 19. Then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. Jehoshaphat returns safely to Jerusalem, probably thanking God the entire way that he was still alive. A generation earlier, when Jehoshaphat's father Asa did not rely upon the Lord, but instead made a treaty with the Syrians, the prophet Hanani rebuked him. Now, what did Asa do? He did not humble himself. Instead, he imprisoned the prophet. Now, Hanani's son rebukes Asa's son. This was risky business for him. But how did Jehoshaphat respond? He received the rebuke. In this, Jehoshaphat proved himself to be wise and one who feared the Lord. Now, let's consider what Jehu said to Jehoshaphat. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? There are people who are enemies of God. They hate God and they hate his commandments. 
We should not befriend and help such people, for they are in open rebellion against God. But then what does Jesus mean when he tells us to love our enemies and do good to those who hate us? We must use discernment. We must hate sin and not be partakers in the sins of others. However, toward those who have personally attacked us, we should seek to respond in love. That is what Jesus did to his enemies. He died for the very people who crucified him. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But Jesus never participated in the sins of others and never made an unholy alliance that would compromise his holiness and integrity. While Jehu rebukes Jehoshaphat, he also acknowledges the good things that he had done, including preparing his heart to seek the Lord. I'm so thankful that God does not judge us according to our occasional failures. He sees the intent of our hearts he saw that Jehoshaphat's intent was to please the Lord. Was Jehoshaphat perfect? No. Are we? No. But God considers the whole of our lives. That is why, even though David sinned greatly, God could still call him a man after my own heart. So Jehoshaphat dwelt in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the mountains of Ephraim and brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers. We see the heart of Jehoshaphat in that rather than being proud, sullen, or retracting himself from duty, he accepted the prophet's rebuke and made a greater effort to gather Judah to worship the Lord. Then he set judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Take heed to what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord, who is with you, in the judgment. Now therefore let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no partiality, no taking of bribes. So Jehoshaphat appoints judges throughout Judah who would do justly. And he gives them several instructions here. First, take heed to what you are doing, because you are not judging for man, but for God. I think that this is one of the most important things for judges to remember that as they judge, they are representing God before the people. And to the degree that our nation remembers that and that we have judges that truly do represent God and his law and the laws of the land and not their own opinions is the degree that God can bless our land and and that we can have justice in our court systems. But God placed a very heavy responsibility upon judges. In Psalm 82, 6, the Lord is speaking to judges. And he says, I said, you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. It is interesting that the word used there for gods is Elohim, which is the same word that is used for God in Scripture, showing the incredible responsibility that God gives to the judges to represent him. Now, Jehoshaphat said, the Lord is with you. Let his fear be upon you and faithfully represent him. Remember that in God, there is no iniquity. There is no partiality. There is no taking of bribes. And to whatever degree God has given us judgment over other people, it is good for us to remember these same things. Verse eight, moreover in Jerusalem, 
For the judgment of the Lord and for controversies, Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites and priests and some of the chief fathers of Israel when they returned to Jerusalem. And he commanded them, saying, Thus you shall act in the fear of the Lord, faithfully and with a loyal heart. Whatever case comes to you from your brethren who dwell in their cities, whether of bloodshed or offenses against law or commandment, against statutes or ordinances, you shall warn them, lest they trespass against the Lord and wrath come upon you and your brethren. Do this and you will not be guilty. And take notice, Amariah, the chief priest, is over you in all matters of the Lord, and Zebediah, the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, for all the king's matters. Also the Levites will be officials before you. Behave courageously, and the Lord will be with the good. So here we see that Jehoshaphat also in Jerusalem establishes judges. He appoints Levites, priests, and the leaders of Israel to judge these matters, both religious and civil matters, matters also for the king. And he says, now do this and be courageous and the Lord will be with you. I think we could wrap up this entire section of scripture today by quoting Micah 6, a a favorite verse of mine that is a guide to me. And that is, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow we will see where a mighty army of Moabites and Ammonites come against Judah. Jehoshaphat prays, and God tells him that the battle belongs to the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.